Welcome to the We Are Calvary podcast, where our mission is to share Jesus and help people experience life change. Thank you so much for listening. Here's this week's message. Luke's account in chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Father, thank you for uh, this wonderful group of people, both here and in the foyer and in the multipurpose room and online. Do something within us today. Let this be not just another day. Let it be incredibly unique and special in how your power works within us today. Holy Spirit, come and do with us what you will. Change us from the inside out, we pray, based on the death, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. First of all, and I say this heartfelt to those who are sitting in the foyer, to those who are watching in the multi-purpose room, to those online, thank you so much for joining us. And then you here in this room, we, we sincerely appreciate uh, you making the effort. And I know it's not the best of circumstances, but thank you for coming. It means a lot. Uh, this is our 36th, I counted them up yesterday, our 36th Easter here at Calvary Community Church. 36 years. And so, yeah. And each one of them has been a blessing. Each one God has showed up. And we expect the same today through our worship and through the word. Uh, you know, I'm always uh, amused a little bit when someone asks me, they say, hey, Pastor Ray, what are you speaking on this weekend? If there's one week of the year that's kind of locked in, <laughs> it's this one. You know, you're not going to speak about, you know, consubstantiation station versus transubstantiation. You're not going to do anything like that. You're going to hang with the resurrection of Jesus because this is what today is all about. It's a day where we celebrate as Christ's followers the greatest, greatest act in human history, the Lord's death and resurrection, and we are excited to be with you today. Granted, I've even had pastors say, hey, Ray, what are you going with this week? And they know I'm going with the resurrection. I mean, let's just be honest. But everybody wants to be unique. Everybody wants to, they want to find their special take on it. They want you, they want us, I want you to walk out of here saying, you know what? Even though I had to sit out in the foyer, it was, it was still good. Even though I had to sit in the multi-purpose room, it was still good. Even though it's a little crowded, it's still good to be here to worship the Lord together. We want to be unique enough that you'll want to come back next week. That your kids will say, man, Children's Church, it was fun. I want to come back. Or you say, man, the worship was dynamic and exciting. These people here got it really together. And I'll be honest, I've had all of those feelings and more over 34 years. But the reality is today is one thing. This service, this time together is not about me. It's not about the worship. It's not about how well we do or make you think how good we are. It is about the death and resurrection of our Lord. And we are here to celebrate the greatest gift ever given. Let 
Jesus, as always, let Jesus, especially today, let Jesus, his death, resurrection, be the, the focal point of your heart and soul. Even when you go home and all my family's here and we're going over and we're going to eat together and have some fun, Easter eggs hunt, Easter egg hunt, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, this day belongs to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let him be the focus. So we're going to jump into the word, have just a few things to say. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to, but we almost have to, don't we? We're going to say, he, I, he is risen. You're going to say, he's risen indeed. We have to do it because it binds us together with millions of other Christians around the world. It binds us to millions, tens of millions of Christians throughout the ages who, who declare boldly that he is risen. He is risen indeed. So I'm going to ask you to not stand, but I'm going to ask you to let's blow the roof off this place. Now, to be honest, we have more people here than any other time. So it's got to be loud. It's got to let all of Sumner know and possibly even to the fringes of Puyallup and Auburn that he is risen. He is risen indeed. Are you ready? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Wow. <laughs> he is risen. He is risen indeed. One more time. He is risen. Way to go, Hattie. <laughs> you know, we say that, and, and we mean it from the depths of our hearts. To be honest with you, that last part, he is risen, is one of the most fantastic claims of any religion, especially Christianity. Stop and consider what we're really saying here today. We're saying that our Lord and Savior not only died on the old rugged cross, he rose again. That is the claim. Thousands died on Roman crosses. I mean... Through the years, thousands died on Roman crosses, but only one claims to have risen again. It's the claim that the Son of Man came to earth. He lived, he taught, he died, he rose again. One day he's ascending, and most importantly, one day he's coming back. What separates Christianity from all the other religion is that our leader, the leader, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, died and then rose from the grave. I've stood in Jerusalem. I've been with a bunch of you to Jerusalem on multiple occasions and we've seen where possibly Jesus was buried over by the church of the Holy Sepulcher or the garden tomb. We've seen these places. But to be honest with you, two reasons why I, it's unimportant to me whether those are the two actual sites. Number one, whichever one it was, Jesus didn't use them for very long. And number two, it's empty today. It just doesn't matter. They're both empty. Now, first century Christians, they understood the importance, the reality of the resurrection, that it had taken place. They understood that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ was central to their lives, to their mission, to their calling, to everything about them. Right after Jesus died and rose again, Luke records that John and Peter started declaring, not only is there a Jesus, but that Jesus died and rose again. The resurrection became part of, of their compelling message. Then we know that uh, the apostle Paul wrote these words time and again in virtually every book that he wrote, every letter. He said it in one way or another, 1 Corinthians 15, 3-5. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. 
So here we have Peter and John and Luke and James and Paul and all the early church. They knew the resurrection of Jesus was at the core of the gospel, the good news. Now, to be clear, just so we're all on the same page as we jump into this today, you need to understand that when we say he lived, he died, he rose again, we don't mean figuratively. By that I mean, we don't mean a metaphorically. We believe Jesus died and three days later came back to life. We're not saying that, well, he's, he's always in our hearts. He's alive in us. Well, technically he is by the power of the Holy Spirit, but I'm not talking about that. I don't mean that we just think, well, he's with us in spirit or, or his influence is still alive. No, 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 no. What we're saying is he was dead and he rose bodily from the grave. That's the premise on which we build our faith. He was dead, now he's alive, never to die again. The guys are gonna sing in worship, they're gonna sing about Lazarus, just briefly, a line about Lazarus. Lazarus is the one that Jesus, he died, and Jesus brought him back to life. You know why I feel bad for Lazarus? I'm with C.S. Lewis on this. Lazarus died, he rose again, but then he has to die again. Jesus, that's it. He'll never die again. He reclaims who he is. Eternal, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, eternal God. The one who died one time and will never die again. He sits on the throne and he waits for the father to say, now's the time, go get him. I mean, how exciting is that? That is the bedrock of our faith today. The question you and I have to answer is this. If indeed he is risen, why does it matter? I mean, honestly, Christians, we Christ followers, we don't leave our brains at the door. We're still intuitive. We still have to ask the questions. We're thinkers. We may be Baptist, Pentecostal, and all those other things after that, but at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, we're thinkers. And so we have, not stinkers, thinkers. And so why does it matter? Is it still relevant 2,000 years later that Jesus Christ died and rose again? What makes the resurrection so pivotal to our faith. Why do we remember and give thanks on this day for all that the Lord has done? I'm gonna give you three reasons real quickly Then we're gonna baptize a few people and then you can go have your, your dinner. But three reasons before we get out of here. First reason is this. First reason. The resurrection assures us of God's forgiveness. Resurrection assures us that we've been forgiven. Pastor Daniel on Good Friday, and it takes a bunch of Christians to look at something so bad and call it good, but that's exactly what happened when Jesus died and rose again. It was considered good. Why? Because we've been forgiven. Pastor Daniel began in Genesis, and he talked about the sin, the shame, the fear, the guilt, the distrust, estrangement that entered the world, but God in his grace gave us a way to overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ, his death upon the cross. I don't know about you, I mean, does it surprise you that I, in, I, I needed forgiveness? Thank you for not answering. Well, let me just answer for you. It didn't surprise me that you needed forgiveness. The Bible says we were all in need of a savior. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There was no way I could reach God's standard, not on my best day, but that's okay. Neither could Billy Graham. Neither could Mother Teresa. We were in need. We could not save ourselves. And I think in this room, honestly, or in the foyer, or out in the multipurpose, there have been those who tried to save themselves and you recognize that you can't. You needed a savior. His name is Jesus. The blood, the atonement of Christ on our behalf. He seals us by his death that we have been forgiven by God. Instead of running from God, we can now we can now turn toward God. We don't have to be afraid anymore. We don't have to hide in the garden. We can, 
We don't have to be filled with fear or any of these things because we know Jesus has purchased our forgiveness today. Here's my question. I need you to think about it for just a moment. How do we know the words of Jesus are true? How do we know he was right? How do we know he was telling the truth? Now, here's the thing. If Jesus stays dead, if he doesn't rise from the grave, then we don't know. We wouldn't be sure that God had accepted our sacrifice. We wouldn't know if he has the power of Jesus when he said, your sins are forgiven, your sins are forgiven. We wouldn't know if these words were true, if God had accepted and we had, and Jesus had the power to provide atonement for us. I agree with 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where the apostle Paul said in verse 17, he said these words. He said, and if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have also fallen asleep of Christ, they have perished. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people to be pitied. What he's saying is this, if Jesus didn't die, we haven't been for, if, if he didn't die and he, if he didn't rise again, if Christ had not been raised, we're still in our sins and we've not been forgiven. Secondly, if he doesn't rise from the grave, it means this. It means those who have died like my mom and some of your relatives, they're still in the grave and they have no hope of tomorrow. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then you and I are of all people fooling ourselves. If Jesus doesn't rise from the grave, it's all facade, it's all fake. But the Bible tells us in verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 15, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. What does that mean? It means this. It means unequivocally, my sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. I don't know about you, but I could almost moonwalk because I know, sorry, I know I've been forgiven. I know that you've been forgiven. Why? Because he died and the same power raises him and it assures us we've been forgiven in Jesus' name. It excites me today. By the way, when, when, when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. Jesus is just getting started. Jesus is just beginning resurrection work throughout history and culminating history when he resurrects the new heavens and the new earth and brings all things to fulfillment. Jesus is just getting started in you and I and in the world around us. We don't have to hide in the shadows. We've been accepted in Christ. And I'll slow down and I'll settle down just for 10 seconds to get my breath. <laughs> Secondly, the resurrection assures us of God's power. Assures us of God's power. John R. Stott, who I had the privilege, a marvelous theologian, I had the privilege of seeing him before he passed away, preaching in his home church. And John Stott said this, becoming a Christian is nothing less than the resurrection from spiritual death and the beginning of an entirely new life in the power of the resurrection of Jesus. You know, to be honest here today, if we could all be honest just for the next five minutes, I don't just need to be forgiven. I need power to live life today. I need power to, to, to live life. I need his power to bring life change to me. Now, friends, let me qualify something. I'm not where I'm, I'm gonna be in Christ, but neither am I where I used to be. I am who Christ has created me to be, and I'm constantly moving step by step, sometimes three steps forward, sometimes two steps back, but I am in process, and so are you, of becoming who Jesus Christ calls you to be. And if you think for a minute it's, it's in your own strength, you can forget about it. It's in the power of, it's in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all on the same page here, everyone's still awake? Yeah. 
How about you in the, out there? All right. Four of you. You say, Pastor Ray, is life change possible? I think so. Because of what I think? No, because of the power of Jesus, his resurrection power. Is it possible for immoral to become moral? Yes. Is it possible for mean people to become kind? Is it possible for people who are broken to be made whole, the wounded to find healing, the dead to become alive again and to become like Christ? Absolutely. Why? Because the resurrection assures me that I have resurrection power to bring life change into my heart and life. And so do you. And so do the people out there. They just haven't heard how great Jesus is yet. We'll talk mission later. That's why Paul wrote, I pray. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The power of the resurrected Lord can move us from death to life, from alienation to relationship with God. The power of God can heal and bring life change to those who believe in him. Resurrection power isn't just Jesus being raised from the grave. It's resurrection power for you and I to live our lives today in such a way that bring glory and honor to him. Number three. Finally, the resurrection assures us of God's ultimate triumph. Leon Morris, an Australian Bible scholar, New Testament. The cross is the victory. The resurrection is the triumph. The resurrection is the public display of the victory, the triumph of the crucified one. Hey, real quick. Between you and I, there are, there are moments where I live life and I go out there in the real world out, outside these walls and you know, the church talks about victory and success and all these different words. But between you and I, sometimes when you walk out there in the world and you drive around, instead of winning, doesn't it feel like we're losing? Is that, can we be, is that, is that okay? Is it, is it just me that feels that way? I hope not, because there are times I feel that the world's going crazy. There are times, just between you and I, that the American dream seems to be fading away. There are times when, when it feels to me like through social media and all those other things that the good people's voices are being drowned out by crazy people. It feels like in some ways that we're, we're losing and, and, and it leads us to different places. There's, it, it feels sometimes when I look around and I turn on, I never watch the news anymore, you just need to know. But I read it from time to time and it still feels like there's this loss. It's almost like it's almost like there's been a death of civility. What do y'all think? The death of civility, the death of kindness, the death of common sense, the death of uh, uh, a renewal, a sense of societal corruption. There's been relational decay, a death of peace, and, and worse, a death of hope. And, 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 and to be honest, there's little chance that anyone on this planet is gonna be able to figure out how to make it better. I mean, honestly, you look at our economy and it's at eight, 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 it's a lot of inflation. <laughs> and I'm not really sure anyone's gonna get it under control. We look to people on this planet. I, I, I picked on politicians last service, but I won't this time, although they are extremely irritating. <laughs> Except for Dean, Dean Johnson, Mayor Puyallup, he comes here, he's a great guy. But other, <laughs> everybody else, 
Every, it's just Dean's super smart because he comes here. But I'm just saying, you look around and where is our hope? Where is the, where's the security? Where's the peace that can come? And I'm going to suggest to you, there is nobody, absolutely nowhere that can bring triumph, who live triumph. You got to go find it in the right places. Here's my point, no matter how dark it is out there, no matter how dark it gets and, and all those things are happening all around us and you feel a little bit of despair, make no mistake about it, friend. It's like my friend Fred, whose son, uh, grandson got baptized on uh, Saturday night. Fred texted a bunch of us and he said, I know you guys all know this, but I just want to remind you of this fact. And this is for some of you today. It may feel like Friday, but make no mistake, Sunday's coming. Make no mistake, there is resurrection power and it gives us an assurance that says it does not matter how bad it gets out there. There is one whose name is Jesus who has the assurance who has said, I will bring resurrection power to the earth. It's in a state of decay. I'm going to renew it. I'm going to bring new heavens and new earth. I'm going to restore people. Revelation chapter 21 says there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more nothing because he who has triumphed one day will come again. There will come a point where the father looks at the son and he turns and he says, saddle up, get everybody together, go down there and get my people. Yeah. He will triumph. That's the reality of my faith today and I believe it more today. Say, Pastor Ray, what do you believe in? Not a lot. I've been around now 60, a, a long time. But one thing, this one thing I believe in more than anything else he is risen, he is risen indeed. And you and I, ordinary, everyday people in our brokenness and in our failures can be forgiven. And I am assured that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And I am persuaded that no matter how bleak it gets, you know, I've seen, you know, historically, every so often, God comes on the scene after World War II or Korea, after all the problems we've had in history, and God brings a revival and people are renewed and we get back on track. And I pray by his Holy Spirit that happens. But if not, I want you to know this. If it keeps getting worser and worser, at the end of the day, that says one thing. Jesus Christ is just one more day closer to coming back and getting us all. Take joy in that. Be refreshed and be made whole today because he's risen, he is risen indeed. Okay, I'm gonna slow down and, and talk a little softer or my grandkids will tell me, Grandpa, why were you so mad at, when you were preaching? <laughs> Let me close with this. My mom uh, passed away right before Christmas. I was talking with Mary and my mom had a beautiful voice, kind of like Peggy Collins, a beautiful voice, like Mariah and others, just beautiful voice. And uh, she used to lead songs at the little church I grew up in and every Easter, in fact, Mary and I were talking, we can still hear her, even as I talk to you, I'm hearing mom sing it in my head. It's that song, Because He Lives. How many of you know it? Because He Lives? Not near enough, okay. God sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon.
an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And then one day I'll cross the river and I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory. And I'll know. I'll know he reigns. And then the chorus, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living. Just because he lives. And wherever you're at today, maybe you're here and you're celebrating the, the glorious moment of Christ being risen. But maybe you're still hung up or hanging out on Friday. The only way Friday comes into perspective is to allow him to resurrect something in you. Maybe today it's hope for you. Maybe you need a sense of peace, forgiveness. Maybe you need to know you're loved and you matter. No matter who you are, you matter to God. We know this because Jesus died and rose again. You need to know maybe that the words of, of Jesus are true and right and good. That he will forgive, give you the power to live today in his power and his strength. But the reality is ultimately Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, one day the Bible says is returning for his people. Man, I want that to be you. I want that to be my grandchildren who are up here sitting down here. I, want, uh, no, I don't want anyone not to go. And maybe if you're here today, maybe you need to acknowledge, I don't have it together. Maybe you don't have all the answers. Maybe you need someone outside of yourself because inside of yourself, it's not working. And you need a savior. May I declare boldly, his name is Jesus. And he loves you to endure the cross, to endure the grave, to endure the coming back. He loves you today. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? If you're here today and the Holy Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you and you know that you know that this is your moment, I just, I just want to give you opportunity. No one raises their hand, I'm good, I'm still going to pray. But if you're here and you need a Savior and you'd like to join me in this prayer, lift your hand right where you're seated and say, Pastor Ray, I see your hand down front. I see your hand, anyone else? And I see yours and yours and, and yours over in the back. I see yours out in the multi-purpose room and I'm going to assume that in the, or in the foyer, in the multi-purpose room, there's probably a few. I see your hands all around. Friends, if you don't know Jesus, I see your hand in back, sir, and God sees your heart. Don't let this moment pass you by. Sir, I see your hand off to my right. You can put it down. Don't let this moment pass you by. Don't think for a minute, I see your hand, sir, in the middle, and you can put it down. Don't think for a moment you're going to get a better offer. No one's ever going to die for you like Jesus. No one. Jesus, you see our hearts today. You see us not as we pretend to be, but who we really are. In our weakness, in our sin, in our frustrations, in our disappointments, in our failures. And you're willing to forgive us. 
But Lord, as we acknowledge that we have failed and we've been on the run, when we say to you, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, please forgive me, with grace, you look at each of us and say, you are forgiven. I paid the price for you, you're forgiven. Yeah, but Lord, I, I need that power thing. And hear the Lord say to you, that same power that raised, me that raised me from the dead is available for you. To live life being changed into who I am. To becoming like me on a daily basis. But Lord, what about tomorrow? Hear Jesus say, I've got that covered too. That no matter what it looks like other than the world, I'm coming back. And I'm going to renew the world. And I'm going to right wrongs and I'm going to I'm going to preside with justice and righteousness. And I'm going to do away with pain and sorrow and, and death. Well, Lord, then today I, I receive what you have for me. Do a work in me. Do a work in us. And when we go back out in the world after this service, may we be beacons of light and hope. That in the world of discouragement and despair and chaos, we can bring the light of Christ that says there is hope. There is peace. The world can be different, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. I pray one holy calling on this place. A sense of mission that goes and renews and restores wherever we take you. In the parched areas of this world, let the reign of Christ bring new life today. In Jesus' name. Listen, we're going to baptize some people. Would you uh, stand with us, sing with us as we just baptize some people this morning? Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing Jesus and helping people experience life change, you can support our mission by clicking the link in the description. If this message has impacted you, please subscribe and share. To learn more, visit wearecalvary.com. We'll see you back next week.